Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to a very special Capes and Japes. It's the first Capes and Japes in my new house. If it sounds echoey, it's because I am in half of a closet of an empty hallway of an empty house that also has a dog in it that might bark, and also my cat barged in, so there might be cat sounds, and also there are people moving things into the garage, which is on the other side of this wall. So, please... And also there's a skeleton! There is a skeleton, but he is very quiet. <laughs> Unless he falls over, which could happen. Just, Ugh. like, so... Briar messaged me before we started um to be like hold on i'm setting up what is about to be the weirdest recording spot of my life so far and then it texted me a picture of <laughs> a microphone on a box in a closet and a pile of blankets okay it is not a pile of blankets it is a stool with mm -hmm. a um like a chair cushion on it you know the ones that like tie onto a wooden chair Okay, um, all right. I'm 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 zoom enhancing now. I and, I understand. And then the blanket um, is for my legs because it's a little bit chilly in here. It it is it it is a, a slight improvement. A a little improvement. Yes. But, Raiden. Uh, what? No, there's no room for you in this closet. Raiden, no. <laughs> I can't stop him. Let's just continue with the episode. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens, happens. That's that's the Capes and Japes motto. Um, it's also the cat's motto. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, so anyways, uh, all that being said, we uh, thought it was high time after we've touched on him in, in a few episodes now. Um, we're still talking about some X-Men, and we gotta, we gotta talk about Quentin Quire. <laughs> Our good pal, Quentin Quire. My, my sweet, horrible, horrible boy. My darling Love enemy my son. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Quire, truly the epitome of I will cause problems on purpose, dot JPEG. <laughs> um, I, I just, I adore him. Um, so, like the, uh, Stepford Cuckoos, uh, Quentin was introduced in Grant Morrison's run on New X-Men, uh, in the early 2000s. Um, his first appearance was drawn by Frank Quitely, who has, uh, worked with Grant Morrison quite a few times, and his... Full name is Quintavius Quirinius Choir. I can see why he goes by Quentin. You can, yeah. Um, his uh, his X Men code name is uh, Kid Omega. Um, but much like for a second, my brain instead of separating that those sounds as Kid Omega. My brain separated mm -hmm. it as kiddo mega. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be a very good name. <laughs> this kiddo is just so mega. 
It's a mega kiddo. Um, much like Emma Frost and Kitty Pride, he tends to go by Quentin Quire more than his code name. I'm realizing now that like these are like three of my favorite X-Men and all of them have just extremely cool <laughs> like full names that people call them by instead of calling them by their X-Men name. Um but like it's, it's Quentin Quire is a great name. <laughs> it is a very good name. Um so he he's part of the same uh like class as the Stepford Cuckoos, um, who we talked about a couple weeks ago. You can go listen to that and get a brief Raven, intro no. to Quentin. <laughs> Stop trying to break uh, out. You decided out. to be in here. <laughs> and uh, he is also a telepath. Um, he is an Omega-level telepath. Hence the Kid Omega name. Um, I'm a kid. I'm an Omega-level telepath. What do you want from me? You needed a stupid name. I gave you a stupid name. So please call me Quentin. Yeah, everyone is going to call me Quentin regardless. It doesn't matter. He, um... A lot of his power... Like, he has a wide range of, obviously, telepathic capabilities. Most... Most X-Men telepaths are just sort of like, they do whatever we say they can do because <laughs> they're mutants and we make the rules. Um, a lot of it is shown as uh, like him being able to kind of psychically manipulate people um, and also being able to uh, use his powers to basically just like think faster (laughs) like he can like has a degree of control over his own thoughts where he can like just think faster than other people um whereas like a lot the cuckoos also have like a lot of varying powers but a lot of it is shown as like more like telepathic communication uh stuff and Quentin, um, is a teen genius and <laughs> loves to brainwash people. No. Um, God, this, this boy. Uh, so when he first shows up, um, in his, like, very first appearance, uh, he looks very different than he, uh, <laughs> has come to be known now. He is extremely dweeby looking with just like no- like brown hair and glasses and like a sweater vest. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah, I know. Uh, Quentin got and... to school and he's like, all right, uh, can I get weird here? Oh, cool. <laughs> I can get weird here. I'm going to get weird here. Yeah, as happens to, you know, a lot of people who go away to school um, he, uh, very quickly reinvented himself, but following a, uh, elaborate series of events, not that elaborate, but he, so early on, he is, um, like, Xavier takes kind of a specific interest in him, uh, 
because he's a, you know, extremely powerful telepath. Um, and also Charles Xavier loves problem cases. <laughs> um, and, uh, he, like, um, takes, like, Xavier kind of takes, like, a personal, like, mentorship role with him in much of the same way that Emma does for the Cuckoos. Um, and he, How like, wild talked would about... It be if that had been reversed? <laughs> You've got Charles Xavier running around with three to five young Emma clones, and you've got Emma and Quentin just causing shit. <laughs> Emma's like, let loose, baby. Just do whatever you want. Let's go. Let's freaking go. Quentin sees the cuckoos running around. He's like, do you think, is there like, and Emma's like, that? No. That's, they're just, they're just other blonde women. <laughs> Obviously, they're not clones of me or anything. Um, Quentin, not all blonde women look the same. Yeah. Quentin's um, like, they kind of do, though. <laughs> this is comics, and they do a little bit. They do a little bit. Uh, Emma's like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. They're just blonde women in comics. And Quentin's like, okay, but also comics emma's like shit you're right all right yeah we <sighs> let's go break into some places let's go figure this out <laughs> i'm so glad i have you my favorite student to break into places with me <laughs> um oh the world we could have had god damn uh so quentin um like we talked about has a crush on uh Sophie Cuckoo, one of the Stepford Cuckoos, which is not reciprocated. Um he also he makes like a couple of friends, but he has some difficulty uh fitting in. Uh and also <laughs> in one of his early appearances his uh, parents call him on his birthday to tell him that he was adopted. <laughs> um, which is... Wild. Like, it's, it's rough. It's very far from the worst thing that has happened to one of the X-Men. But, you know, it's a, tr it's a troubling thing to experience as a teenage boy. <laughs> as... as an already kind of privately troubled teenage boy. Um, on top of this, um, the, uh, mutant world is dealing with the, uh, recent hate crime murder of, uh, a mutant-specific fashion designer. <laughs> Named Jumbo Carnation. <laughs> Wait, was this person a mutant who designed fashion? Or a, like a non-mutant who designed fashion specifically for mutants? Or both? Um, he, he, he's both. He is a mutant and he designed fashion specifically for mutants. Like, which partially involved, you know, a, like accommodating various bodies like people with multiple limbs or yeah. wings or stuff like that but also kind of 
uh, thematically, you know, mutant-related stuff. Love to see it. Yeah. But uh, he is attacked on the street by some, you know, aggressively anti-mutant humans. Um, It's, like, unclear, like, if the attack is what actually killed him or, like, they find um, this mutant drug kick in his system and if, like, the attack, like, exacerbated the effects of that and killed... Like, I mean, the the attack kills him. Um, <laughs> but it's, like, unclear exactly how. Um, but there's obviously sort of a backlash to this as, like, a prominent you know, figure in the mutant community and, you know, another, like, anti-mutant hate crime. Um, and young Quentin Quire, um, his crush unreciprocated, difficulty fitting in at school, just found out he was adopted, latches on to this as a cause. Um, and he, uh, um, he goes and he gets himself a, um, fun little punk rock makeover, <laughs> um, which is how we, we get the, the Quentin that we all recognize today. Probably the Shave best the decision si- he ever made. <laughs> Absolutely. No question. Um, shaves the sides of his head, dyes it, dyes his hair pink. Also good. Um, Great, great look, great look. Starts wearing, like, a lot of, like... So, at first, he has, like, this, uh... He recruits some other students to his cause, and they form a group called the Omega Gang. Um, and they have, like, kind of a, uh... Like, matching outfits of, like, uh... Like, these kind of red and black striped vests... Um, so he's wearing that for a little while, um, but when he's not wearing that, what he is most famous for is having a lot of (laughs) t-shirts with sayings on them. Magneto Um, was right. Magneto was left. The most famous of which. (laughs) The, The most famous of which is... Uh, his Magneto was right shirt. Um, but there's, like, a ton of them. And a lot of them are, like, sort of meta in the sense that they, like, they refer- Like, most of them reference, like, X-Men-specific or, like, mutant-specific things. Um, but, like, a lot of them reference, like, you know, titles of X-Men storylines or something like that. That's, like, something that Quentin should not, like, be aware of in-universe. Um, one of my favorites is, um, he, he has one that says, um, Dark Choir Saga. Um, like, Dark, like, Dark Phoenix Saga. Honestly, that's the one that I probably would most want to purchase and wear. Um, but it's like, that's, that's what the comic is called. The X-Men don't call the thing that happened with Jean the Dark Phoenix saga. Um. I like the one that says Dark Phoenix in training. (laughs) 
yeah, that uh, that that's a that's a great one. Um, a lot of just a, a lot of memes. Um, a lot of uh, punk rock uh, <laughs> self-important statements. Um, but days of I future pasta. Oh my god, <laughs> that one's just fun. That's just a fun. That's just a fun one. Um, I'm God. not specifically looking up T-shirts. I'm just looking at pictures of Quentin Choir for the uh, episode <laughs> announcement art. But yeah, you know, but just as they show up. <laughs> yeah, they've all. Th- he's always wearing one of these, and it's always different. <laughs> uh, so pretty much any picture you find of Quentin, there's going to be an, a, a fun new t-shirt in it. Um, but he has this, like, this this Omega Gang uh, outfit, kind of silly-looking outfit, um, where he puts together um, a group of students who agree with him, who feel like the, uh, you know... Magneto was right, basically, um, starts kind of actively, you know, questioning, like, Xavier's teachings and, like, talking back to him in class and being like, well, like, what happens if, you know, like, my vision of the future doesn't align with yours? Like, what are you gonna do? And, uh, he also, oh, part of this, uh, this whole makeover this is another thing, is based on, um, so, uh, Bolivar Trask, um, was a, uh, anti-mutant activist, um, who was, like, first showed up in, like, the, uh, the 60s, in, like, the early days of X-Men, um, and they show this, like, uh, like, propaganda poster, basically, that Bolivar Trask put out that depicted, like, an evil, like, mutant overlord, like, taking over the world and, like, enslaving humans. Um, and the image of that mutant overlord from that propaganda poster, um, Jumbo Carnation, designed some clothes based on it as a kind of, like, fuck you. And then Quentin based his makeover on this propaganda poster of this evil mutant overlord. <laughs> um, so there's, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of layers to unpack. Um, but he, uh, and his, his gang, his Omega gang, um, they all get, uh, tattoos, um, of, like, the Omega symbol, um, over, like, an X, and they all start taking this mutant drug that amplifies their powers, um, they, Ugh, like, teens, uh, <laughs> teens, um, they, like, come across, like, uh, a group of humans, in an alley and like attack them, kill some of them, I think. Um, and then head back to the school 
um, attack Xavier, uh, like, like they have some sort like an anti telepath helmet that they put on him. Um, and then, uh, they go to the schools having like, uh, like an open house day to like the media and parents and like other people and like, oh, like mutant human relations. Um, and Quentin, uh, shows up, <laughs> declares his hatred of humans, uh, and starts a riot. <laughs> um, oh boy. Problem child, problem child. Um, so this is where, uh, this riot is where, um, Sophie Cuckoo also takes a kick in order to, like, get powerful enough, um, to, like, fight Quentin, um, and are able to, you know, they have, like, a, a telepath psychic battle with, like, psychic, you know, waves going between them, and you know how telepaths fight, um, but they manage to stop him, uh, but Sophie dies in the process. Um, and Quentin, like, while they're fighting, Quentin said something, he's like, I did this to impress you, and they're like, you did a bad job. <laughs> um, he, uh, Xavier also manages to, uh, escape. Good job with your favorite student, Charles. <laughs> um, but, uh, upon, like, Sophie dying, um, and realizing that he was the cause of it, and also the, like, exertion <laughs> Of, um, sort of, you know, using this, like, drug and, like, amping up his abilities so much and, like, using so much energy, he goes, like, catatonic, um, and Hank is, uh, like, yeah, his, like, his body is, is pretty much burning itself out. Like, his, the, the psionic energy is of his brain is, like, too powerful, um, <laughs> for his body to contain. Fellas, were you ever born with your body not <laughs> powerful enough to contain your brain? <laughs> is that gifted child syndrome when you're little and you feel like you're so smart and everybody tells you you're so smart and then you become an adult and suddenly you have back problems and you're stupid? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly that, actually. <laughs> Maybe we are all Quentin Choir, except we did we... not have Hank to be all like, oh yeah, he's burning out. <laughs> um, we, we truly are. Um, he, uh, um, he seemingly dies. Um, Rip. He like he rip. He says he says some some vague stuff about um like stuff that eventually happened in the future in this run of X Men. Morrison loves this shit. <laughs> um and then seemingly dies uh 
Charles resigns as headmaster for a, a bit, which, you know, given Charles, everything, was probably the move. Charles, if you retired every time a child died under your care, you would not ever be a professor. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this one specifically... It was sort of the combo of, like, him being very personally responsible for Quentin and, like, Quentin dying after he, uh, like, killed a bunch of people um, <laughs> and, like, you know, like, started, like, a riot at the school and incited a ton of violence um, and, like, truly, like... At no point did Charles intervene before it was too late and Quentin put him in a special anti-psychic helmet. <laughs> just really, just, just did, just did a real bad job. He did. With he, this one. He did, yeah, he did a very bad job. Um, it's a wonder that he ever comes back to being a professor. <laughs> Does he? Um, God. Uh, however, th- there... He ends up kind of, like, semi-reconstituting as, like, an an energy entity. Um, and he's, like, not, like, fully conscious necessarily, but, like, he's just kind of, like, in, like, a, like a, a jar in Hank's lab, basically. Um, just, like, Quentin's soul. <laughs> question mark um there's this um whole like super complicated um story arc towards the end of Grant Morrison's X-Men run that's like it's it's like a, a an alternate dystopian future which like that's that's nothing new for X-Men um but there's this whole thing with like this like, like, sentient, like, super bacteria that, like, eventually, like, gives itself, like, a human form to become Dr. John Sublime, um, which, that, that shit, I'm like, okay, there's Grant Morrison. (laughs) Whatever, this, my energy with so much Grant Morrison stuff is, like, so batshit. I truly feel every time I try and comprehend it, just that, like, (laughs) that text meme that's like, I'm not reading all that. I'm happy for you, though. We're sorry (laughs) that that happened. (laughs) Um, but, um, as part of this, like, dystopian future thing, um, Gene gets a vision of, like, other phoenix avatars or like potential phoenix avatars um one of whom is quentin uh so establishes that quentin is maybe destined to to you know be involved with the phoenix force which you know if this thing loves unstable telepaths then boy oh boy (laughs) uh is it ever in luck um but uh, this sort of comes to pass, um, in Phoenix End Song, which is 
kind of a Phoenix Force focused story arc um, where the Phoenix Force does like reconstitute Quentin's physical body um, and then he tries to get it to resurrect Sophie um, and it doesn't work. I think I think it does temporarily work and then Sophie dies again. Um, and, uh, Quentin's very sad about it. And then he's like, okay, um, I'm going to go back to my energy form now. You guys can call me if you need me. Um, he, uh, he's also, he like, (laughs) Hank brings him to Utopia, just like this, like, Quentin in a jar. Um, and he tries to, he, like, secretly starts enacting this plan that nobody knows about to, like, um, destroy Utopia, basically. And he, like, challenges, um, this other mutant, uh, Martha, um, who's a brain in the jar, uh, to stop him because he's bored, uh, and she does. Um, it's just sort of a fun thing, like, happening in the back. I think, like, most of the other X-Men don't know that this is happening. Um, just, you know, we just, le- we just left Quentin, we turned our backs on Quentin's jar, um, for five minutes and he cut off all his, his shirt sleeves. Um, and then, <laughs> uh... Then an evil 12-year-old named, uh, Cade Kilgore, who's, like, the, like, son of freaking like, uh, a Hellfire Club person, or he's, like, he's, like, the, the like, child king of the Hellfire Club. Um. <laughs> love a child king. Yeah, you, you love to see it. Um. Evil 12-year-old named, uh, Kate Kilgore, uh, breaks Quentin out of his jar, um, (laughs) and, like, enables him to, I think, I think he gives himself a body again, um, obsessed with the way the, like, the... (laughs) So he's coming out of his cage and he's doing just fine. He's doing just fine. Obsessed with the way this... One wiki describes it, which Choir was freed by Kate Kilgore, who knew Quentin would do something stupid that would set off a new wave of anti-mutant sentiment. Which he did. Ugh. <laughs> perfect plan. Beautiful. Perfect plan. You've Full done proof. it. If, listen, like, Quentin's a little bit of a chaotic force, but you can always count on him to do something stupid. Something. Um, yeah. He, um, like, hijacks a, uh, a, like, arms conference in Switzerland, um, where Scott is supposed to be, like, giving a talk about, like, mutants and stuff, um, and telepathically, like, controls all of these world leaders to, like, reveal all of their, like, dark secrets, like, live on air, um, and people get mad about it and blame mutants, as predicted, um, 
but also um, blame Quentin specifically, and a lot of mutants are very mad at Quentin specifically, and uh, Scott and Logan um, have a fight about it where um, Logan thinks that uh, Steve Rogers should deal with him, um, and Scott thinks that they should put him back in containment, and this should be a mutant problem. Um, this is, this is the point where Scott is kind of going off the rails, and this is, like, leading up to, like, the, the schism storyline where Scott and Logan kind of pick sides and, like, end up with, like, two separate X-Men teams. Uh, but at the end of it, Logan is able to, like, bargain, um, for Quentin to be, uh, to be released into Wolverine's custody, basically, so that he can help, like, redeem him by teaching him, (laughs) because he's like, he's like, if we put this kid in prison, it will not last, and also he will absolutely go full evil forever. So we give him to Wolverine, the most patient man alive. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fine. Um, he does, um, it, he he does do a little bit better, um, under Logan's tutelage. Uh, you know, he's a member of, of Logan's, like, X-Men team. Um, starts, like, gradually kind of getting along with other students a little bit better. Um... He, at one point, uh, seemingly, like, turns on them to join the, um, Hellfire Academy, and then it turns out that he was actually trying, um, to, like, track down another student who left to join the Hellfire Academy, um, and (laughs) to ask her why she did it. And and he's like, you know what? I am the most believable to do another heel turn. Like, nobody's going to question if I run over to the Hellfire Academy. Yeah, everyone's going to be like, oh, there there he goes. Yep, that feels right. It's about time. (laughs) Um, He he does also after, like, he goes there, um, he finds um, this, uh, this other student, uh, Oya, they date for a little bit, um, and then he goes back to the X-Men, like, graduates the, you know, the, the school, um, at some, uh, at some point does actually leave and actually join the Hellfire Club. <laughs> um, this time but, for uh, real. This this time for real. Um, but not 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 for that long. He like Logan dies during that period of time where Logan's dead. You know how it is. Um, and he comes back to the X Men. Um, he oh, there's a cat. There's a cat outside. Uh, if it makes um, you feel better, there's a cat on my lap literally right now. Wow, amazing. We we are all um oh I just I just clicked on Discord and saw the notification. Wow. <laughs> um 
he's um on a team uh with uh Jubilee uh for a little bit one of one of many sort of you know X-Men team restructurings um there's also there's this whole this whole storyline where he um leaves the X-Men he like goes and moves to like a deserted island um and then like Thor finds him um and like ropes him into uh fighting the Phoenix Force that the the Shi'ar have just like conjured um was this deserted island also Krakoa? I feel like we're uh, yes. always going to Krakoa. I think I think I think it was literally an- another Krakoa. <laughs> um all all roads lead uh lead to Krakoa. Um so he does this whole thing he ends up with like a fragment um of the uh Phoenix Force and like becomes like a god of the Shi'ar. The Shi'ar are another um race of uh Marvel aliens. Um they're kind of like uh slightly bird-like alien people. Um so he uh is just like temporarily an alien god. Um Good for and him. then, yeah, you know, I'm proud of him. Um, and then, like, comes back, he stops, he uses the Phoenix power to save Jubilee, and then doesn't have it anymore, seemingly. <laughs> um, Phoenix power's like, you got one. You you get one. Um, he um, is on the... Uh, West Coast Avengers, the, like, 2018 iteration of West Coast Avengers with, um, Kate, uh, Clint, America is there, um, and Gwenpool, who he starts dating, (laughs) (laughs) um, the extremely pink relationship, um. We love a pink romance. You know, you do love to see it, um. He, uh, is currently on Krakoa, um, with everybody. Um, he joins, uh, X-Force, um, not, not X-Factor. By God, one of these days it will come naturally to me. Um, (laughs) um, he joins X-Force, which is being led by, uh, Wolverine, um... Reunited. Reunited, and it feels good, question mark? (laughs) Um, he, uh, dies a bunch. Um, it's just a recurring thing that he keeps dying. Um, and then, you know, being resurrected because of Krakoa and the Five and all of the, the stuff that brings dead mutants back to life. Um, but he dies, uh, repeatedly. And also, apparently he's secretly dating Phoebe Cuckoo, um, which they have not told people about, um, 
Phoebe has been keeping it secret from her sisters. Um, Makes sense. Though I think they they might have learned about it now. I mean, um, they're also think, psychically connected sisters. I feel like... Like, secrets, they're literally a hive mind. Like, it's gonna, do it's not. gonna happen. <laughs> um, but he's... You know, he seems... Um, besides all of uh, the dying, um, he seems to be doing okay. He seems to be doing uh, better. I think if my scrolling through a bunch of Quentin Choir stuff really fast, trying to find a good picture. There's no good pictures of this man on the internet, which is <laughs> wild. Um, <laughs> I think he also just found out that he accidentally killed his parents as a child. So, oh, that's fun. That's um, that's interesting. Uh, um, well, which sorry is why to hear that, he was Quentin. adopted. Um, I'm gonna go, uh, read some X-Force <laughs> and see what's up with that, because I love a trauma boy. If I remember um, the subtitles of these pictures of the <laughs> panels that popped up, it might be number 17. Maybe. Thank you. I would thank you, I thank would you. do I would do a Google though. I I will. I will I will I will look into it. I will investigate. Um wow. Um yeah, so I I love Quentin. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love sometimes you just love a boy who just sucks really bad like all of his appearances are just him being like even when he's not like literally full-on like homicidally evil like he just spends all of his time being like insufferably smug and full of himself and wearing his silly little t-shirts olivia i feel um, like we should implement like a four quadrant system where like the x-axis is uh they suck to they're great and the y-axis is i hate them and i love them oh yeah <laughs> get yeah, to put quentin choir firmly in he sucks i love him he sucks and i love him so much um but uh yeah everyone around him is annoyed by him constantly, um, but he is extremely powerful, and also he is right a lot of the time. <laughs> so they just have to be driven nuts by that information. Um, but, like, truly, like, iconic boy, iconic design, um... Wow, I, I'm looking at pictures of him. I just love to see him. Just love to see this terrible little lad. Just love to see this bastard of a teen. <laughs> um, bastard of my life. Um, but, um, yeah, he's... Uh, unfortunately, he's great. I just... I love... <laughs> I love to see him get... Um, 
insulted by everyone around him because he deserves that. Um, but also, I, fun, I do you want to know a I fun fact him. that has yes, yes. a very small intersection? Yes. Um, Talos and Jaffe dressed up as Quentin Quire for the 2015 Critical Role Halloween episode. Of course he did. <laughs> right? <laughs> Talos and Jaffe, I think, is spiritually dressing up as Quentin Quire every day of his life. It truly, truly, it would surprise me if that was a difficult cosplay for him to put together. <laughs> or, or if he had just gotten it then, or if he was like, you know what, Quentin, Quentin this year, we're streaming, it's the first year we're dressing up on a live stream, gotta go with Quentin. You, you gotta, you gotta have it. Um, wow, that's, um... Ideal. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, did you have, I, I did, I believe we both purchased some comics this past week. I did get comics. I did not read any of them. I have been. Oh, okay. I have, all of my time has been either moving or working. And boy, howdy, have I been tired. <laughs> Yesterday I was just like, oh my god, I get I get to do my remote my remote work today. I get to do my second job where I get to sit for eight hours, which is great because my legs are dead. If I had to go to the theater, I would simply perish. Oh rip. And because I'm working, you know, a full eight hours of remote work, I can't even like beat myself up over not moving anything. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, yeah, well, truly, truly no one can blame you for not reading comics, um, when you are moving from your house into a different house, um, among everything else. Um, I did read, um, so well, I, somehow I did, my comic I did, books- When I picked up Superman number five, I did flip to the page where John gets to kiss someone. You're like, where's I the did, kiss? Where's the I'm kiss? Just, I'm just like flipping through. I'm like, ah, there it is. I mean, I've seen the exact image because it's the it's the one that went out in all the promos of like, ooh, John Bye. <laughs> and I'm just like, they'd better not. They'd better not be scamming me. Oh good. Oh good. It's in here. It's a full page. Oh good. 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 Um. Yeah. It's um ideal. Um. I also um got uh got John by um very surprised that they had it in stock given um how uh Tim by sold out almost immediately. I feel um, like it's because they announced it like two issues early, so people who were interested had time to like either pre-order it. Or subscribe to yeah. the series. Um, that's, um... Meanwhile, Tim Bai came out of left field and people ran to the store and they're like, shit, shit, shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, um... 
have not kept up with the last uh, few issues of Superman, so I'm not entirely sure um, what's going on. I'm a fake fan. Uh, um, farm explode. Uh. <laughs> Farming. <laughs> do, you, do you know that? The the bim bam bit where Griffin's like, Hemingway was a hack. I can write a way sadder, shorter story. Oh no. Family explode. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only an oh no because the farm explode, but like everybody in the farmhouse is fine. <laughs> John was able to get his grandparents out, and also he's like, "Oh shit, the, my my new friend who I'm attracted to, uh, isn't being injured. I guess he's one of. I haven't been paying attention to a lot of DC Comics stuff, so I have no idea what like this new group of metahumans are. But he's one of those. He's one of those guys. He has powers." Good for him. And John's like, hey, so you have powers. And he's like, oh, haha, yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot happening. Um, also, John might be taking the... down a corrupt government. <laughs> Not the American what? one, unfortunately. Well, one step at a time, baby boy. Um, the, um, the kiss and the lead up to the kiss is very sweet. Um, nice. I'm I'm very um I'm very pleased about it and I also bought um Robins came out um and I bought the um I <laughs> the horny Babs tar cover I bought the horny Babs tar cover um <laughs> I you and me both did you also have the experience when you were buying it? Just like, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I saw it and I was like, wow, I can't believe they still have this variant in stock. And then I was like, maybe the reason they still have the variant in stock is because people realized they would have to give the variant to the cashier and they would have to look at it. <laughs> It's like, I promise I'm just a fan of Babs Tar and also Nightwing. I I mean, I'm a fan of everything about it. I'm this not horny no. about it, but I really like to see it. It's a good cover. It's a great I, cover. I do am, I, like Do I call it the horny Nightwing cover? Yes. Am I horny about it? No. No. It's listen, it has horny energy. Of it's, course it does, Babstar drew it. Babstar drew it. It has maybe the horniest energy of anything I've ever seen. And I'll say, like, <laughs> not from, like, like a, a sexual gratification perspective. Intellectually, I really like to see Dick Grayson be objectified. <laughs> Intellectually, I find this hot. Yeah. Um, I also didn't realize when the covers went up online that he was wearing fingerless finger stripe gloves. Oh, you know that Babs Tar was like, I'm going to give them everything they want. I'm going to give these people everything <laughs> they want. This is and for the girls and the right. gays. Finger stripes. Um, but, um, 
Robins, um, Robins is neat. I'm excited about it. Um, there's, uh, Dick's first line on panel involves him making a bunch of D&D jokes to some thugs he's beating up, um, which is great. I don't... I don't know when he has time to play D&D or who he would play it with or if Tim. he just like listens to podcasts while he's patrolling. He plays with Tim. Tim got him into it. You know it's true. It's true in our hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Tim. Um <laughs> Oh my god, can you imagine also... if Tim like got the whole bat family to play D&D with him? Damien would make the most cursed chaotic character and you just oh Damien would make an extremely chaotic character specifically to fuck with Tim and then he would get extremely invested in his own chaotic character and you know that like post where it's like my DM like every like my DM said that my character couldn't do this but I'm like a martial arts fighter so I said that it's totally possible, and my DM said, no, it's not. And I'm like, no, it's totally possible. So my DM was like, okay, if you can do it, your character can do it. So we went outside, and I did it, and my DM got so pissed. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It'll be like that, but, like, the entire Bat family, like, Timothy. <laughs> yeah. I will show you exactly what I want this guy to do. And then pull off, like, some God. wild acrobatic stunt. Yeah. Um, it's like, okay, but your guy rolled a one. That means you have to fail. Okay, but I can do it. Yeah, but (laughs) your guy rolled a one. He trips over a rock. A rock comes out of nowhere, and he kicks it, and it ruins the thing. (laughs) Your guy is totally capable of doing the thing, but some circumstance made it impossible i'm so sorry this is how the game is played you agreed to this (laughs) we all signed up for it um anyways uh robins is uh is fun and cute um dick has a little like uh, a little top knot a little man bun um while they're all like hanging out out of costume which is i do like to see um it's it's a little bit, there's parts of it that feel a little bit clunky in the sense that, like, a, like, a large portion of it is them, like, sitting around talking about being Robin, and they all, like, take turns, just, like, explaining what their deal is as Robin, basically, which is, like, obviously, you know. This is clearly for the audience. <laughs> Yeah, people who are reading this need to know what their deal is, but it's, like, very clearly, like, they wouldn't be explaining this to each other. Like, this is um, this is where, like, the text boxes up on the side work, where it's, like, you see the character and it's, like, Stephanie. Yeah. Here's um, her deal. Yeah. So it, but I, I didn't mind it, because I love Robin content, and... I love to hear them tell me things I already know. Um, and I am extremely curious as to uh, where it's going and what's happening. Um, but uh, yeah, those those were the comics that I read. Um, I liked them. Uh, if you want to stay updated on things we like, 
and that sort of stuff. You can follow us online. Uh, we have Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, uh, Facebook. All of those are just at Capes and Japes. Um, we have an email address. It's capesandjapes at gmail.com. If you want to send us, you know, longer commentary or ask us things or anything like that. Um, we have a Discord server <laughs> um, where you uh, can see Briar's cat on their lap on this uh, <laughs> fun little podcast setup. <laughs> Um, we have a Patreon, if you want to support us on there, uh, you can get bonus content, watch stuff, help us pick out what we talk about, um, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you still want to support the show, uh, leaving a rating and review is a great way to do that, uh, telling a friend, if you have a friend who wants to hear about this horrible little punk rock teen, um, you can do that, um, and just, uh, just coming back and joining us, as you have done once again, um, so thank you for being here for today's episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar, and, as always, he's terrible. I love him. <laughs> God, I love him so much. Uh.